Okay. Our gospel lesson this morning comes to us from the, from the gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her, then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. It may come as no shock or surprise to you all that I would consider myself a doer. I love a task. And I love a task that can be broken down into checkable boxes that then can go on a sticky note that can then be checked off so that at the end of the day, I can revel in the glory of fully checked in boxes and a task fully done. Sounds like maybe that I have some soul siblings in the, in the congregation this morning who understand this very, very particular enjoyment. There's just not much that I love more than a task well done. And if I have help, that's even better sometimes. So I, when I read this story, I read Martha as my absolute soul sister, a woman who is dedicated to her tasks, a go-getter, and if Martha had been A, literate, and B, had access to a post-it note, I feel confident she too would have been making little boxes and checking them off. I like to believe that Martha would have reveled in the same joy that I do of cleaning her entire home on her day off and then sitting back and appreciating all of the work that has been done. After all, the premise of our story today is a woman dead set on accomplishing her task. And in our story, the primary focus of these tasks would have been those dedicated to hospitality and hosting. Martha is a woman who is seeking to fulfill her role as the host of her home. And thus, she is bringing honor to her family through, the serving, through her service of Jesus as a guest. She's welcomed him not only into her village, but into her home. Her sister Mary, on the other hand, sits at Jesus' feet and listens to what he has to say. Now, maybe like me, you have heard lots of recounting of this story in different sermons. I, over the years, have heard lots of different preachers take the arc of this story and wax poetic about how Mary listening to Jesus was more important than Martha's household tasks. This is a fair take. But I think one that lacks understanding and depth and the depth of understanding of first century Israel-Palestine and what the importance of what perhaps we would consider women's work was. I've also heard lots of other sermons that take this story and make it about the women's work and point that this story is the reason that women are called to study and follow Jesus 
the foundations of an argument for women in the pulpit. Also fair. And these are fine ways to read the text, if not very important ways to read the text that have advanced our communal thinking to the point where I get to stand here today and say, fair, here I am in the pulpit. But I wonder today for us if we can zoom out on the text and consider it not a story for each of us individually, but rather a story to be read for us communally. What does, this what does this text look like when we read it in the context of the whole church? And so with this in mind, I offer you my first thought about this text today. While the text centers two female characters, certainly a rarity in biblical literature and one that I appreciate, the text actually has nothing to do with women. Instead, I think the text is utilizing Mary and Martha to tell us a story about family, and the roles that we all play within our nuclear families, our chosen families, and even our church families. We all play roles, and sometimes, depending on what table we're seated around, perhaps we revert into a role we feel we used to play, or one that maybe we've outgrown. Second, Martha is not chastised by Jesus for accomplishing the tasks that she deems are important. Instead, I think that Martha is chastised for shifting her own priorities onto her sister. Martha's downfall was not her attention to caring for her home or for acting as a host to her guest. Her downfall was believing that her sister Mary should share her priorities. Third, if we look at the text closely, nothing is taken from Martha. Jesus does not chastise Martha for asking that her sister prioritize the tasks that she has deemed important. And likewise, Jesus does not tell Martha that she should be sitting at Jesus' feet with Mary. Jesus simply tells Martha that Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken from her. And so... What is the better part then? And easy and a fair reading would be the, the better part is sitting at Jesus' feet. But I would like to suggest that we read the better part is not that Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, but rather that Mary has not superposed her priorities onto her sister. After all, Martha is still serving Jesus just in a different way than Mary has elected to serve the Lord. Mary has elected to serve by listening and learning. Martha has chosen to serve by doing. And likewise, I think that we should not put our priorities on each other. What a simple thing to say and what a hard thing to do sometimes. We should not put our priorities on each other. Those of us who have hearts that are ready and set to serve, we should serve. Those of us who have our hearts ready and open for study, we should study. Because some of us are healed by our serving, and some of us are healed by our learning or relearning or unlearning 
But we all, we must all, and this part is very important, we must all use our natural priorities to do justice. Just as we began our Lenten season listening to the words in Isaiah 58, the fast that the Lord chooses is one of breaking chains, loosening bonds, and severing yokes. Therefore, those of us who are serving must not consider our serving more important than those who are studying if our goal is to take up the fast of God. And those who are studying must not consider our knowledge more important than those who are using their hands and feet if our goal is to serve the way of God. And collectively, we must use this story of Martha and Mary as a guide for the ways in which, in which we live amidst and among our family of churches. If you follow United Methodist politics, then you know that the church is in a time of great strife, especially right now. But we must not allow the discord of the greater church to distract us from what we believe God has called us to be and prioritize right here at the corner of Peachtree and Fifth. And so today, our calling, our invitation, takes us outside of the four walls of this church and outside of this gathered community, perhaps back into our communities in our condos or our neighborhoods, perhaps in our classrooms or our schools. But as we leave this, these four walls, we go out into the streets of this beloved city. And as a lifelong Atlantean, these are beloved streets to me and I know to many of us. These streets are home. And they are the company of our beloved church. We are part of this neighborhood, and this neighborhood is a part of us. This location has shaped the mission of our church, and in many ways it has shaped the way that we read our sacred texts. And so, beloved, let us go forth from this place to be shaped by the community around us, and in turn, allow Midtown, our community, to shape us so that we can be a community that does justly in the face of many distractions. So as we go, let us go as we sing, and as we sing, let us pray, and as we pray, let it be never ceasing. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, amen.